Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Alice Caron and she's the co-founder of Fox's Bow Whiskey. Hi Alice. Hello. How are we? Good, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Um, Alice, do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, um, I am the co-founder of Fox's Bow Whiskey. So at the moment we just launched in November. So what I would say I do is a little bit of everything. Myself and my co-founder are very much kind of a jack of all trades at the moment even the trades I'm not so good at myself but <laughs> it's exciting um but I suppose my background would have traditionally been in marketing um kind of on the branding side so that's where my passion lies and that's where hopefully ultimately I'll be I'll be focused on once we expand our team a little bit but yeah that's kind Sounds of what I'm doing very- very interesting i i love kind of branding and marketing it's a bit of a bit of sort of a geeky passion on the side for me um i just love all like the psychology behind it um so how did you get started in that and then what was your kind of journey in, in that kind of world yeah so um i did business with french in college and uh, um majored in marketing in year two probably um and from there when i finished college I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do something to do with marketing, but naturally, like marketing is so broad. And in hindsight, when I when I moved into it, I probably was thinking like the, you know, sexy advertising mad men type <laughs> scenario, if I'm being honest. Um, but I ended up in branding. So I suppose after college, I started working with um, Jameson Whiskey, Jameson Irish Whiskey. They had a graduate program um, that was kind of a brand ambassador program. So you could go to different markets in the world. You'd work with the local team. You'd kind of identify different opportunities for collaborations with kind of locally relevant um, cultural partners and things like that. Um, you work with sales teams. So I kind of got a feel for like different parts of the business. It was it was a very interesting eye opener to see like what kind of components I liked, what I didn't like. So I worked with um, Jameson on that graduate program for about a year and a half. Um, I did my first year in France and then I moved over to Canada, to Toronto. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it was great. Like it, it's a fantastic graduate program from from that Um perspective because you can stay up to three years with them and each year you can rotate country which obviously like you wouldn't normally have an opportunity to do something like that with that existing role in place and all the rest of it so it it is fantastic they actually still have that graduate program um available for for people but i think actually because i know you guys are uk based there's actually a couple of them within perna recar so i think shivas does one as well and like they're definitely worth exploring for anyone who like me didn't really know what they wanted to do after college but knew that they wanted to get into marketing in some capacity mm. and obviously alcohol is quite a sexy industry to be getting into <laughs> from a marketing perspective um but yeah so from there worked in Toronto with them I actually moved into a trade marketing role so I was looking after kind of experiential brand events um and then like any materials you would see in retailers so like you know, shelf talkers and things like that in um, off licenses and then anything in bars you would see relative to brands. Um, so kind of the, the placemats and all that kind of stuff. And then I moved into the brand team. So started looking after more so the kind of brand strategy execution for Jameson and other whiskies like the Glenlivet and Chivas and things like that in Canada. So kind of bringing the brand to life um, consumer facing. 
So I worked with them for about six years. Um, and then I kind of decided I want to come back to Ireland or at least closer to home. Um, so I started, I, I knew I wanted to stay within whiskey, but I kind of was ready for a bit of a change. So my co-founder, who was my old neighbor, reached out to me and said he had an idea for whiskey. Was it absolutely ludicrous to think that we could launch our own whiskey? And I was like, <laughs> this timing is so serendipitous. 100% I'm on board. And that's kind of what we've been working to bring to life ever since. I think that's a really uh, that's a really cool journey. But for you, I think what's really interesting is that you've kind of learned how to build a brand through your career already. Obviously, you know, you've experienced working in these big brands. And is that part of the reason you decided to do you know what I'm going to start my own thing and build my own brand because you understand mm. that that's why people buy products essentially for the brand right yeah 100% so like even though I was working on some very cool well-known mainstream brands I did see that there was kind of this opportunity especially with an Irish whiskey because a lot of of the Irish whiskies and actually arguably the Scotch whiskies as well. They're quite like traditional in their approach and there feels like, like it feels like there's a lot of kind of rules around the category. So, you know, if I walked into a room of women, they probably would inherently associate whiskey as a man's drink, which in itself, like saying that out loud as a woman is so outdated. Mm. And even the idea that like, you know, um, whiskey has to have an age statement as a signal of quality, that there's a right and a wrong way to drink it. I just think it's so outdated kind of thinking and rules around the category. And the analogy I always use is coffee. Like I would never let someone tell me the right way to drink coffee because the right way for me is going to be different than you. Like I hate milk and, and sugar in my coffee. You might love it. Mm. So it, it's the same kind of thinking that I want to apply to whiskey. You should drink it however you want. It should be accessible to anyone. We need to get rid of the archaic rules. So, um, I think what was so exciting for me was being able to take that thinking and take what I learned for sure on those bigger brands, but then have the kind of agility starting from scratch to build something that was more representative of, you know, the contemporary consumer who's looking to be included, who doesn't want those barriers, who doesn't want to be told they can or can't do something. They want a seat at the table. They expect a seat at the table and they get it from every other category so why not from whiskey? So that's kind of really what we're we're that trying to do. Very, very cool. Um, just going back a bit to your sort of start of your career and working in branding, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to work in branding in a, on a day-to-day basis? Like what kind of things you do? Yeah. So um, is this when I was with Jameson? Yeah, just anywhere along your, you know, your journey working in branding, what were some tasks that were involved and, and how did it actually work in that industry? What what kind of things were involved? Okay, so within branding, I suppose there's kind of two positions that you can play. One is the brand owner. So that would be like Jameson based out of Dublin, who would be developing kind of new products or like tweaking the packaging or thinking about how to bring the brand to life at a global level. And, you know, things like what is our copy line? What do we want to say to the world? You know, what drink do we want to kind of focus on? And then there's the market kind of brand team. So their job would be to take what Global has given you. So you have the products, you have the overarching brand strategy and kind of the communication uh, approach and the, the copy lines and things like that. And in essence, like 
every country and every consumer is so vastly different that if you were to just apply that kind of brand owner thinking as a blanket statement, it obviously wouldn't resonate on a local level. Sometimes it would like, but like in some countries it would, but it definitely, what, what, what people care about, let's say in the UK is going to be very different to what people care about in China. Mm. Um, so it's, it's the job of the local brand uh, team to kind of localize that global strategy and figure out, okay, this is how we want to show up. How do we do that in a locally relevant way? So what will be our local copy lines that consumers here will be like, oh my God, that's really good. I understand what they're trying to say. Or uh, what partners should we be working with on the ground that best align with that kind of cool, uh, contemporary, cultural positioning that we're trying to go after? So that would kind of be the two tiers that you can um, you can work within. So I suppose on a day-to-day level, the types of tasks that you would be doing would be like identifying locally relevant cultural partners, even from a platform perspective, like what do consumers in Canada actually use? Is Instagram the primary platform? If so, what format of content should we be using? You know, is it like if we're looking at TikTok, is it um, the kind of three second quick clips that, you know, you see it and it's gone again, or is it a bit slower? Are they looking for like cocktail inspirational content in Canada? All that kind of thing. So it's really like, localizing the global strategy how how small are those sort of local um brand uh teams like so um you obviously like mentioned the difference between the uk and china but mm-hmm. obviously maybe inside london as opposed to wales or ireland they're quite different do you actually have teams uh looking at really specific areas of maybe a country so generally speaking, um, the way that like any company I've worked with was set up, you would have teams looking at a specific category. So my team would have been looking after whiskey, imported whiskey, which would have been like Jameson, the Glenlivet, Chivas, that kind of like Scotch and Irish category, even though each of those brands would obviously be going after a different type of demographic. So it might be an older demographic for Chivas, a younger demographic for Jameson, things like that. So the size of your team, I suppose, would really depend on how big the category is. So how many resources you would need. So kind of the positions within a brand team would be like an assistant brand manager, um, a brand manager, senior brand manager, and then brand director. So there's kind of a bit of a hierarchy. Um, And then you could have a brand ambassador too, who's more like feet on the street, um, as I mentioned earlier. But yeah, like it kind of varies in size um, and responsibility based on how big the category is, how big the brand you're working on is, and then seniority within the company as well. How does it work within sort of marketing departments as such? Is branding the overarching story that everybody has to adhere to um, and then other departments have to kind of work towards that? Or how does it, how does it work? Yeah, so within, let's say, the marketing department, you would have the brand team who would come up with the overarching brand strategy. So what are we trying to achieve? Well, who are we targeting, first of all? What's the opportunity? What are we trying to achieve? And then they would share that with other kind of facets of the marketing team, like the trade marketing team or experiential or anything like that. And then 
those kind of sub sub departments within marketing would come up with tactics to bring that brand strategy to life. So as an example, if the brand strategy was to kind of um, grow awareness and cultural relevance with millennials, they would then brief the kind of trade marketing team experiential and all the rest of it on that strategy and objective. And then the, the experiential team might say, okay, there's this unreal music festival coming up. I think we should look into sponsorship because that delivers on the overarching brand strategy. So they would work in tandem very much and very closely together, but everything would be kind of driven from that overarching brand strategy that the brand team would have developed. And what kind of skill sets do you feel that somebody who wants to go into the world of branding would need to develop? Um, I think a lot of it you would kind of learn on the job. But what I would say is the most important is being curious because it would it, it, it kind of stands to you to ask questions constantly. So like never really um, resting on your laurels when it comes to kind of marketing in general and in particular branding. So who are we trying to target? What do they actually care about? Because I think like a lot of the time with poor marketing, it's, it's actually annoying as a consumer to see because it's a brand just shouting something that they want you to know about their product at you. And you see it and you just skip it. Like there's nothing worse than just, you know, like getting an ad that feels really like an ad. Personal. Yeah. You, you, you want to relate to it. That's what. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So like the best type of ad then is the ad that like you mightn't even realize it's an ad or you do, but you watch it because you're like this, this is genuinely valuable to me. Like this is, this is content I want to watch. Like this is either funny or entertaining or it teaches me something you know like it's adding value so I think the the way to get there to that type of content or, or that type of yeah that type of marketing content is to be curious so like ask the questions who am I targeting what do they actually care about like forget about the brand for a second what do they care about and then bring the brand in and be like how can my brand either make their life easier or more entertaining how can I deliver value to that demographic with my brand <clears throat> and if you can't you can't if you can't find an answer to that question actually maybe you're going after the wrong demographic or maybe you need to tweak something about your brand positioning or how you show up um so yeah I would say like first and foremost being curious as how has the world of influencers and, and new social media platforms affected branding I guess it's kind of changed it from when you started to where it is now um, I'm not that old, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> there was influencer marketing when I started. No, I'm guessing. Um, how has it changed? I suppose, like, people are a little bit more savvy when it comes to influencer marketing or when, they, when it comes to, sorry, influencers in general. So I think, like, authenticity is a big kind of buzzword, but it is, it, it is like, there's a reason it's a big, a big buzzword because I think people are actively looking to influencers and to kind of key opinion leaders, wherever that may be, for genuine recommendations. And I think if you're able to, from a brand perspective, align with an influencer that shares your values, that talks to a similar audience as you're trying to target in a genuine way, again, that doesn't feel like an ad for the sake of an ad, 
there is massive potential and power in that because people are following them for their recommendations to see what they're doing, to be inspired. Um, sometimes it's more aspirational. They look, they literally want to be like that person. So there's massive weight to that for a brand, you know, like it's coming through an authentic source that these consumers are actually looking to for information, as opposed to just coming directly from a brand, which obviously isn't going to land as genuinely or authentically, because of course the brand is going to say great things about the brand. You know what I mean? Mm. So I definitely think like it's a very powerful tool. And for you, what would be the biggest positive that you took out of working in the branding industry? Um, I suppose, I think you touched on it earlier, but it's like, I get very excited about the psychology of like, why do people behave in a certain way? And I think it, it allows me to like test things and see how people react. And, you know, if I have a like certain hypothesis being like, do you know what? People have appetite for this. Like no brand is delivering on this. And, and that's literally why Fox's Bow exists now, because we were like, there's a white space here. Like no whiskey is talking to me as a whiskey drinking kind of new generation whiskey drinker, let's say. So I think it's very exciting. Like it's, it's a very exciting field to work in and kind of always be thinking, okay, like why did that person behave in that particular way? Like what is driving that? So I think it kind of like, fulfills my need for understanding the human brain a little mm. bit um but yeah and it lets it lets you flex your creativity as well which always in any in any kind of job or profession is an exciting thing like it keeps things interesting do you know mm. oh yeah certainly and on the flip side of that what would be some uh, less favorable aspects of the uh, industry you found um it's not all kind of the sexy things that you see from a consumer perspective like there's a there's a hard slog like you know developing brand plans you need to think about kind of um like there's practical things like even like inventory and um financial planning and making sure your brand is as profitable as possible and all that kind of side to it you know like I think across the board with marketing in general and I definitely was naive to this when I was coming into it as a, as a graduate, but it's not all just what you see. And I know that's really the case with 99% of professions and things anyway. Um, so like, I think to come into it with kind of your eyes open that um, there's hard work to be done as well behind the scenes to make sure that you're setting the right foundations so that when you do execute the sexy things that are consumer facing, they're set up for success. Mm. And what would be something that's probably not in the job description when you work in a branding role, but you still have to deal with? Um, that wouldn't be in the job description. Um, yeah, like it, it kind of depends on the type of industry that you're in. Like for us, because I was working in a, in a part of the company that was semi-publicly traded, we would have to be doing kind of um, a lot of presentations and things like that to um, shareholders mm. and you have to sometimes go up against people who don't fully understand marketing and that can be quite challenging because 
um, like there's a saying that's like 50% of all marketing spend is wasted. The problem is knowing which 50%. So <laughs> I also definitely completely butchered that, but that's the sentiment. That's the yeah, general that's sentiment. It. I've, heard, that I've heard that. I've definitely yeah. heard that. So like sometimes you have to, you know, really fight your case for why you should be investing more in, um, in branding op- uh, opportunities or, or general marketing opportunities. And sometimes that can be hard because with sales, whatever tactic you implement, so let's say it's like a price discount, you automatically see the, the reaction to that. So like you reduce price and that equals an uptake in sales of whatever percent. Mm. Whereas with, with branding and marketing, um, it's not as instantaneous. It's a slow build. And even at that, how do you measure it? Like, you know, there's challenges with, I suppose, constantly having to reinforce to non-marketing people and to the non-believers that marketing and branding is very important, if not the most important thing when it comes to selling a product. Um, So that's probably something that they won't have on the job spec that you have to Mm. keep fighting that case. But if you're passionate about it and you believe in it, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of, I suppose, keep fighting the good fight. So you worked in this branding industry and you built up all this knowledge and then you decided, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but then you decided, you know what, I've learned how to build a brand essentially. I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to go and create my own product. How's that journey been and, and how's that going so far? It's been absolutely mental um brilliant days and terrible days some days I'm like oh my god how did I ever work for someone else like I was born to do this I was born to be my own boss and start my own brand whatever and then other days I'm like how did I ever think that I could do this why did I leave my safe job with (laughs) a company and a salary and all the rest of it but no (laughs) for the most part it's very exciting and it's cool to be able to just kind of see an opportunity or see something I really believe in and just try Mm. and test and see how things go. Um, I think with a lot of the kind of bigger companies and the bigger brands, they can see the opportunities the same way as I can. Like there's nothing special about my perspective, but because they're bigger companies, they're more established brands. If they take a risk, they have more to lose. So they're a little bit more risk averse. And as well as that, because there are obviously hierarchies, um, a decision sometimes has to go through multiple layers uh, of decision, of, of, I suppose, decision makers before you can implement it. And sometimes by the time that happens, you've missed the opportunity. So it's really exciting for me to be able to just move when I see an opportunity, try something. If it doesn't work, that's fine. We can, you know, change course. We can try something different. Um, so that that actually really energizes me. And that's what I get really excited about with um, running my own brand. But I would be lying if I said it's without its challenges, because of course it is like, you know, I'm used to being surrounded by incredibly creative people and a team that I can bounce ideas off. And now I'm kind of having to form my own tribe a little bit with like other people who are playing in different spaces, but have similar ambitions to kind of and be a bit more contemporary and disruptive and things like that so it's it's challenging but more so rewarding which is fantastic obviously so what does the next year or so look like for fox's bow whiskey hopefully world domination (laughs) that might take a while um 
No, we're looking at exporting to our first kind of markets outside of Ireland. It's wow. available in the UK at the moment through irishmalls.com, but we don't have um, like an on-the-ground presence, let's say. So we launched in November, just gone, November 2021, and we're just kind of getting the name out there, really trying to build a brand um, through social and, and all the rest of it. And so, yeah, it, it, our focus now is kind of bringing it further afield outside of Ireland um, we're in talks in three different markets at the moment. So hopefully we'll have it on the ground in the next couple of months in those markets. Um, and then, yeah, identify kind of new opportunities to continue to build the brand and build brand awareness globally. Wow. Very exciting. And uh, would you still go into the branding world now? Uh, if I was starting again? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like I know I kind of fell into it because I didn't really know what I wanted to do within marketing. But for me, I love strategic thinking. And as I said, like that curiosity of like, how, how does a person's brain work? Like what motivates them to purchase one product over another? So I think I ended up exactly where my skill set and kind of the way my brain works is most appropriate for. Um, I would say if you're someone who loves instant gratification there are probably other parts of marketing that would be better suited for you because with branding it is a little bit more of the long the long game uh but yeah if i was doing it all over again and i knew that i would end up here i would definitely take the same path well thank you so much for coming on alice it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and loved hearing about your journey thanks a million guys um thank you again sorry alice um where can people find you um foxes by whiskey and everything you're up to so the best place to find us is probably on Instagram. So we're at Fox's Bow Whiskey. Thank you again for coming, Alice. No worries, guys. Thanks a million. Cheers.